0: His story began as a typical Hollywood tale. With little more than $40 and a dream, Walt Disney's future awaited.
1: The time is now on an evening very much like the one we have just witnessed. Relax. Close your eyes.
2: And come with me on an adventure in three-dimensional sound. W Radio, your
1: information station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the wW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World Information Station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 592 here once again not only to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience when you get back to the parks but I also want to bring you some of that Disney magic wherever you are with the podcast my live video broadcasts every Wednesday night on Facebook blog, videos, special events, books, audio tours, and more. Whether it's your first time visiting the parks or you've been hundreds of times, if you're planning your next return trip to Walt Disney World or just love the history, details, secrets, and stories, there's something in the show for you because each week I'm going to take you from the parks to the screens and everything in between. If you're a new listener, thank you, welcome. Please go back and check out some or all the past episodes for interviews, top tens, reviews, and more. You can subscribe to the podcast in Apple Podcasts and find everything else at www.radio.com. I'd like to invite you to please join me at the table this week in Chef Art Smith's Homecoming Kitchen in Disney Springs and Walt Disney World as I sit down with Chef for a one-on-one interview and lunch. We discuss his background, working for Walt Disney World as part of the very first Disney College program, as well as his very personal inspiration for Homecoming. Chef shares stories, including some he's never told before, about working for Oprah, his conversation with, and recommendations for Disney CEO Bob Iger, lessons he learned from Disney, entrepreneurial inspiration, and more. And as we share a number of items from the homecoming menu for a mini live dining review, which I think is the first time I've ever done a dining review with the chef and restaurant founder, I'll be honest, we just started talking and I just let the microphone keep on going. But we also talk about the opportunities the recent shutdown afforded him personally and professionally, his charitable work, and much more. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show. I'll have more information, updates, your voicemails, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. Disney World begins to open again after an unprecedented and certainly very unique time of closure. We're starting to feel like things are normal again with the opening of Disney Springs and the coming opening of the Disney Parks. But I have to tell you, as somebody who is local, who came back to Disney Springs on day one, I got this wonderful, warm feeling that nothing had really changed in terms of service, attention, and cast members. But when Art Smith's homecoming opened recently and I walked in, there really was a sense that I felt, as the name says, that I was home once again. And today I am incredibly excited, dare I say thrilled, to be joined by and sitting down for lunch with the chef, Art Smith himself. Chef, thank you so much. Pleasure.
2: Thank you so very much, It's Great to be here and great to have you. Great to be back to work. Um, I think that Advent Health has done an amazing job with screening. I want people to know it's effortless, um, and everyone is adhering to social distancing, and everything's great. And it's so wonderful, you know, to be here um, and welcome back our guests. They've missed us. They've missed Fried Chicken, <laughs> and um, so it's been really nice. We've had um, we had a line out the door, and which, which is great. Great to know that people are enjoying. Um, seeing us, and um, it's just you know, it's it, I never take for granted, um, particularly after all that we went through. I never t- take for granted that you know, you know, coming from a background of show business where one can be forgotten. Uh, I know this is Walt Disney World, this is Disney Springs, but you know, when you have been gone, we've been gone for over three months. It just, you know, it's not. It's really this is when you know that we have done a great job and, and, and people are missing us. You know, when they miss you, you know that you're doing something right. You
1: know. Well, you know, you never forget family, right? As, as far and as distant as you might be, and sometimes you lose touch with them, when you see family, it feels like home again. And, and I'm not sort of, you know, being overly dramatic, but that's how I felt. Look, I was here, I saw you on day one, and there was a lot of things that I noticed. One, the putting the food aside, the level of service and the attention and the way that cast members made us feel when we walked in the door was remarkable. And I watched you talk to your staff ahead of time, and then as guests were lining up, as you are wont to do, you went out, you welcomed them, you greeted them. There is something, that, there's a certain way that it makes you feel.
2: Well, I was very emotional. I saw that. I, I was emotional with our cast. I was very emotional with the guests. And, um, and I said, you know, the greatest compliment is that you were missed, and um, and they, you know, they were very. The people have been extremely sweet um, with my own transformation, with the, my weight loss, and and them seeing me. Um, while this has all been going on, I've been doing my Instagram live show, and quite honest with you, I never thought it, even anybody would watch it. And Lucas convinced me to do it. Lucas Consolier, my my coach, health coach, who helped me, who coached me. You know, 70 pounds plus off and uh, and what's nice when I go to the table it, and the whole reason for doing it is I'm like, okay, I'm here. I know I'm not in the restaurant and the restaurant's not open but I'm here and all is well and I hope you're well too. And you know, people go to our table and I, when I go to our tables, people say to me like, thank you. Thank you for letting us know everything was okay. Thank you for your programming, whatever.
1: You know, I, I talk all the time about um, and I've said this even not in front of you, one of the things I love about you in this restaurant is you're not just a name on the marquee. You're here all the time, unannounced, no bravado, no special events. And I watch you go to every table, virtually, you know, distantly shake everybody's hand. And I think that during the COVID pandemic, things were very difficult. They were very scary, but I also felt it was a time of great opportunity. And there's two parts of that that you took advantage of. One, when I saw you the other day, and saw that you lost 70 pounds, I want to go on the Art Smith fried chicken diet because I think I gained the 70 that you lost. Well,
2: I, I, I have to tell you, if you want fried chicken, then just do exercise a little more, and you'll be fine. I mean, I think that it's important to understand, if you want to eat, you got to exercise. And all you got to do is do, you know, I do jog three miles a day in the morning. It seems like a lot, but it isn't. And if you don't want to jog outside in this Florida heat, find yourself a treadmill and walk it off but get yourself moving. And um, it's just... Uh, but I still eat everything.
1: And, and, you know, in moderation. And look, again, time of opportunity, it, the the way it happened for you in terms of having somebody literally sort of fall into your lap to help train you right. was very much, you know, this strange um, happenstance because of COVID.
2: It was. It very strange. But I'm a big believer that... When when it rains, find an umbrella. <laughs> you know, and um, and you should always have a parachute. And I have worked really hard, and I always believe in parachutes. And I've done stuff, and and I also am a person who is pre- pretty predictably positive. Um, and I always, and you know, and I have a lot of faith too, and and I believe there's there's powers greater than we are, and um, and I knew. And I felt good that we would be back.
1: And you mentioned your Instagram lives, again, taking advantage of the opportunity. You know, you you did that, I think, for yourself as well as for us, the guests. And it it did. It kept that connection that we had with you. And I think it made us learn to to know more about you and like you even more. Because like this restaurant, we sort of felt like we were invited into your home and your kitchen.
2: Right. Well, I I think it's – the restaurant has always been – even from the day one since we opened, it was—it's always been its motto: "Welcome home." Um, Homecoming was created in um, to to really represent my return to Disney and my return to Florida. The restaurant when I told—I know if I told you the story, but it was an email to Bob Iger saying we need a taste of Florida because behind the magical gates is a Florida that is beautiful and delicious. And, and that's how Homecoming came to be.
1: So you can't just sort of gloss over the, I sent an email to Bob, to Bob Iger's story, because there is, you know, maybe we'll sort of, we'll, we'll sort of work back a little bit, um, and then we'll, we'll touch on when and how you became a cast member at Disney. But working back from the story, um, a, a lot of people know you as, you know, very much a quote-unquote celebrity chef, having worked for Governors and, and certainly Oprah Winfrey. Tell us the story about how you come to Start emailing back and forth with the CEO of the Walt Disney Company.
2: Well, I had the opportunity to, to be introduced to Mr. Iger through Oprah Winfrey, and we we first came to know each other over the phone when he would call and um, I would answer the phone, and um, and I and then what happened was um, I was in California and Oprah asked me to make lunch. And I was making lunch, and she walks in the kitchen with him. And we and we chatted. I said, nice to meet you, Mr. Tiger." blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and then I had written a book that at the time did not know that a, a, a publisher named Hyperion ABC was actually Disney, bought it. And I wrote a book. It became a New York Times bestseller, won the James Spirit Award. And that... Um, Took me to Epcot Food and Wine Festival and, um, and started doing Epcot. And being at Epcot, I ate at every restaurant there. And, and I felt there was a, truly a need for a more local Florida restaurant at Walt Disney World. And Oprah's chief of staff gave me his email. And, um, and there you have it. And I wrote him an email um, and just told him, I said, there's a need. And I said, I'm not, I'm not sure you remember me, but I um, thank you so much. That I I said there's a need. I said um, I said you know there needs to be a Florida-inspired restaurant, and and he we started chatting, and and I told him my ideas, and uh, you know a lot of times these types of connections, hookups, whatever you want to call them, don't work, but it's nice to know that. Um, it, the, the idea was good enough for the man that's over this amazing company. I love Disney. You know, I worked here in 1981 in the Magic Kingdom College Program, and all I wanted to do is bake cake. I didn't want to work in Magic Kingdom. I love Magic Kingdom, but I want to bake cake. And I saw myself as having a career in baking. I love pastry. I thought, well, I'd be a pastry chef. And anyway, um, I, uh, I really loved it and then and then that was early I was, at that time I was 21 and and then I was reacquainted with Disney when I was 30 I guess when I wrote the book I was 38 39 and then and then all through my 40s I did back I did um, Epcot Food and Wine and, and into my 50s and this restaurant came to be when I was Let's see here. i assume 1659 I think I was 56 or uh, 55, 56. Because it took four years from that email for for this for the restaurant to happen. It's a lot of planning, um, a lot of work among Imagineers, a lot of work with Millennium. A Millennium, you know, is the one that financed it. Um, I came into this project without any money. I just had an idea. Um, and hopefully the idea and uh, would all work. And, and so with my partners, um, we created Homecoming.
1: And so, what was the vision for you? Because I know it's one that's very much rooted in your own personal history, growing up in you know a very small town in North Florida, which is very different than Central Florida. But what was the vision that you had in, in sort of in your mind's eye to give them a taste of Florida? That people come here, they get off, they get they fly
2: in. That come directly here and let them know what Florida tastes like. This is my Florida.
1: So and, how is that? So take it, So how does this sort of connect to your childhood? You know, did you grow up around people who were cooking a lot, and what were some of those I'm, meals?
2: I'm a, a six or 7th generation Floridian, and we're also we're farmers. And I grew up with lots of far, lots of farm from Angus cattle. We we grew tobacco and we and also I also had all kinds of um. I grew up with lots of fresh vegetables. I grew up; we eat fried chicken every day, but I had it once a week. You know, big dinners and church are real big on Sundays in my part. My South is different than this South. Um, orig- original Pioneer Florida is much more Southern than you can imagine, and um, and it's how it all came to be. And I think I'm, I've told people we didn't have restaurants; we had fish camps. In fact, this was supposed to be a fish camp, but it was just. It was still a bit too fishy around here, so we we went to Homecoming. Thanks to Theron from Imagineers, and Mary Beth, and all the great people. And it was it was truly the idea, the central idea of a Florida restaurant was my idea, and and the feel and the look and the food. But what where Homecoming gained its strength was it had a dynamic team of people behind it who came in and saw the vision, and together we created it.
1: And it's very much in alignment with sort of the story of Disney Springs and sort of having this spring running right outside. That, you know, obviously the beautiful porch outside, and now you have the, the extended outdoor dining area. Again, it, it does feel like you're walking into this old Florida. You know, I traveled a lot as a kid. We always drove from New Jersey to Florida because my mom didn't fly. So we saw a lot of this in a lot of those small towns that we visited. So there's, some, there's a level of authenticity and story that just feels right here.
2: Exactly. I mean... it's actually a steel structure clad in cypress and um, as a kid I grew up in my grandmother's house in Opelika, Florida it's a a northern part of Miami and I grew up with murals and all the murals these beautiful murals were created by a wonderful artist and I wanted to I love that feeling of old Florida but then it has the feeling of Pioneer Florida, the moonshine bottles, my great grandfather was a moonshiner and um and his, he's the inspiration behind the moonshine bar. Um, uh, there, there are other elements on the men, on the menu. There are also um, are memories of my childhood. Um, but together, you know, we have worked really hard to really bring homecoming. Um, it's it's our interpretation of Florida.
1: And, and I love the fact that. So much of it is, is so very personal to you from the items on the menu. You know, you, there's, there's items on the menu that reference people in your family. There's photos on the wall of you in, in the college program and with your family. And I think I remember reading a story about, you know, you coming here, you have always having ties to Disney, not even before you were a college mm-hmm. program cast member, coming down like with your mom and baking her a cake and staying mm-hmm. at the treehouse. So uh, a lot of this is very personal. And you also like to source, you know, local Florida as well
2: most definitely Florida is the fruit and vegetable basket of, of America in the wintertime. We grow a lot of amazing food We grow a lot more things than strawberries and sweet corn We grow a lot of really delicious produce that's really fantastic and um, it's uh, and I think it was important to show people that um, you know one of one of our most favorite we when we have it I, we may not we, we, when we have it season, we do grouper sandwiches. Grouper sandwiches are probably the epitome of, of Florida, you know. And and um, I would love to have an oyster bar, but that's a little, you know, maybe that's the next one. And then Boathouse has a very wonderful one. Boathouse does a great job. I mean, I love my neighbors. And one thing you have to learn, um, what I and I was telling the head of Disney Springs yesterday, Disney Springs has become a rest destination for for dining. Um, you know, Disney never didn't always have that reputation for dining. And Disney is taking great strides to bring what they feel is some of America's greatest talent to come in here and open restaurants.
1: And I know that you have, you know, you're not just a good neighbor, but you are a good friend to, you know, Masahara Morimoto as well, too.
2: Yeah, him and I worked together for many years on Iron Chef America. I was the nice judge. And he was the only Iron Chef. Thank you very much. And, um, and then my friend Jose Andreas is right down the, and he's a dear friend of mine. I love what he does. Give him that Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> There's not a chef that's fed more of the world. We're in all these incredible situations. Lovely, lovely, lovely man. And, um, you know, and my friend Rick Bayless across the, the, across the springs here, he and I, he's one of, the, one of the first advocates on farms and preserving of farms. Him and I did a, a wonderful uh, conversation about uh, something called um, Victory Cheese. The dairy industry has had a tremendous, been in, really had a hard time with the COVID, and um, and so people and so things that we love about dairy, cheese, milk, uh, butter. have been there's a problem, and basically, if we want to continue to have American cheese, we've got to support it. I told him my way of supporting it is I must serve. Mac and cheese until the cows come home,
1: judging by my physique i 'm doing my part to help well, you know support the cheese industry yeah, too, but let's sort of talk about your Disney connection again again we'll sort of work backwards. You were in the very first college program and, and you said you, you knew you wanted to come in and bake cakes, but you didn't go to school specifically for no. for culinary.
2: no, I went to far State University and at the and what happened was I wanted to be a, um I wanted to be a chef well you don't go to sh- you don't go to Florida State to be a chef 1981 salad 1981 <laughs> something finally older than me okay <laughs> and um, you know I one of the things Lou I was it's I really important to me is I want people to understand that they can have their comfort but they also can be conscious of their health and so I love this salad this is a salad that is, um. Really delicious. It has elements of the famous Columbia salad in the oldest restaurant in Florida. But it's a wonderful salad. And and the other thing I wanted people to understand, too, is that when you think of homecoming, you think, uh, of course, fried chicken. But we do wonderful things like our delicious uh, uh, barbecue sandwich with a fried egg on top. I have to tell you, our Cuban sandwich is probably one of the best Cuban sandwiches outside of Little Havana and also at the Castro. Really wonderful, and our burger is really delicious. Um, we left the chips off, but I wanted you to kind of taste something because when you come here, want people to realize that there are other things. And getting back to healthy, we're going to going to offer more um, healthy items because I want. I know we have. I know people like our food, but I think people really love the atmosphere. And and this wonderful big barn-like structure, and I I just want people to be able to come and kind of have give them. You can't be can't be to everyone, and, and but I think that we could. That's an area that we need to focus on.
1: Well, and I love the fact that it's not. Let me go to this restaurant and see if I can find something right. or modify something. You'll have offerings specifically that, and I love the sort of marriage of healthy and comfort, which seems so you know that they're diametrically opposed. They can actually work in concert and taste great together too.
2: And um but you know, keeping you know Florida's known for Cuban sandwiches, Florida's known for we do have a little bit of barbecue here. Um I love burgers, um salad I mean you know, I again, you know, like I said, I didn't go to Florida State to be a chef and I, I, I went there because I it was on my own the closest alternative to going to culinary. And um but it was management. And the reason I came to Disney, I wanted to come to Disney, I loved how Disney produces. I loved how they're they're the greatest performers in the world. They know how to take something and perform and everything. And so I came here, but I wanted to bake cake. And I said, why does a college student want to bake cake? And I said, because I want to bake cake. And so I did, and I worked at Central Foods, which was back behind Magic Kingdom, where we baked all the cookies and pastries and everything. I remember I'd be there late at night and hear the fireworks and kind of be like, I'd love to see the. I love fireworks, but anyway, I I did that, and my the most interesting, funniest time was the chef of the of the Empress Lily now was just known as Paddlefish was a fantastic chef that they brought in from the White House. In fact, his restaurant had won the Florida Golden Spoon or one of those you know, whatever Florida Trend whatever a lot, and it did really well. And if you, if, I don't know if you ever had the opportunity to see the old Empress Lily. Yeah. You know, Walt loved Victorian America. He loved velvet plush and, and all the, the gaslight lamps and all that, that steamboat kind of stuff. And <coughs> anyway, it had all that, and excuse me, and, he, um, and Walt um, so and it was the only restaurant that Lily Disney herself christened. Um, there would not be a Walt Disney World or, or Disneyland if it wasn't for Lily Disney and his daughters. Disney was a devoted, doubting father and husband. And he loved his family. And much of what we are enjoying today is because of those beautiful girls, those women. And so I think that's really important. I still think there needs to be something here in the parks that really showcases that. Um, Behind some of the greatest people in the world, there is a man or a woman that's there holding that person up, advising that person. And um, so anyway... Um, they had a contest and, and I baked my dessert. I I know we were living in like these trailers at Snow White Village, Seven Dwarf Lane, (laughs) nothing wrong with that, but I I was living with these hellaciously partying Epcot landscapers who were crazy and they were fun, but they were crazy and they never slept and, you know, working in a bakery, all this kind of hours, you know what I mean? And so anyway, um, I entered the contest and I had met all these other uh, apprentices from all the different culinary schools. Well, they had a little like Brian over here. They had the contest, and I beat them. <laughs> there you have it.
1: All right. So, can eat something. Yeah, let's dig into our our lunch. And, and I, Chef, I'll admit to you, I have literally never seen, and I've been here 25, 30 times easily, I've never seen any of these because I have my personal favorites, and I, I almost I have a tough time. Going off my own mental menu, like I I could walk in and order without seeing it because I'm going to get deviled eggs, I'm going to get hush puppies, I'm going to get the fried chicken sandwich, I'm probably also going to get the fried okra and deviled eggs. I'm going to order pretty much everything on the uh, on the appetizer menu. But you are raving about the uh, the Cuban tip. Ta- you know what? I'm just going to keep it going. Oh, I love the uh, the nice crispy really bread. Oh yeah, bread.
2: it's pressed. It's absolutely delicious.
1: I need extra
2: ham, here's a second. Hello. Oh, wow. You've got that wonderful roast of pork, the ham, the Swiss cheese, the mustard, the pickle, and that wonderful, authentic Cuban bread, which you can only get in Miami or, or uh, Tampa.
1: And it's hard to get good bread sometimes in Florida, because it's the water. This is so good, different layers, different textures. Okay. Wow, and those pickles, the bite of those pickles is just perfect.
2: It's all about the pickle. <laughs> we make
1: our pickle. We really. Now I see why you were raving about the Cuban sandwich. And I would tell you, normally I would never even think to order a salad, but I'm looking forward to uh, to digging in because it looks like there's ham and cheese, olives, um, and a huge bed of, of mixed greens. It's
2: our version of a sh- a bit better.
1: I need more hands.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you got the barbecue that we do in house. You got an egg. You have got coleslaw, and you put it in your mouth on this brioche bun. You said, "Lord have mercy, Jesus, Joseph."
1: <laughs> so I love me a good barbecue pulled pork sandwich. Although I've never had it with the fried egg on top. Oh, that's nice because the egg breaks. Yeah. You get the, the yolk running over. Okay, wow, I, I know we like fried chicken, but we can Chef, make a sandwich too. That's spectacular. The crunch and the bite from the vinegary coleslaw, I love the idea of putting the fried egg on top.
2: I gave you this salad to make you pretend that you're eating healthy.
1: Mm-hmm. The salad was more like a palate cleanser. My mother,
2: I don't care what we had, it was always a salad. The
1: macro cloth. So you make your own barbecue sauce in-house?
2: Yes, and everything. Everything's homemade.
1: You can tell when it comes from a a scratch kitchen as opposed to coming from a bottle. And I know different parts of the country, barbecue means a different thing. Some are mustard-based, some are vinegar-based. What's the secret to your barbecue? Because I like how it sits on the back of the palate with that little bit of like a twang to it.
2: Mustard, vinegar, brown sugar ketchup um and then it's um but it, it's it. what makes barbecue sauce great is you have to be able to balance the, the acid and the sweet i've it's never too sweet, it's not good
1: yeah I, I don't like it too sweet um i like having a little bit like you said a little bit of that acidity
2: you know and you've got the sweetness of the coleslaw you think okay the egg's too much but it works
1: Oh, it's not a first date food because I love the fact that the egg is running down your hand. <laughs> but, but that's just showing that um, yeah. you really enjoy it. Wow. Now I don't know if I like the barbecue more or the pulled pork more. Um, I'm sorry, the, the Cuban sandwich or well, the pulled pork. You know,
2: you, we've got this explosion of flavors around here and all these sandwiches. My whole idea was come see us at homecoming and understand we are more than fried chicken. OK, we, every, we have established the fact that we're famous for fried chicken and people love it. But come on and try some other items because I think you'll love it
1: too. I think it's interesting that you told the story about what you wanted the name to originally be, sort of being more fish based. Because I think, right, people here at Homecoming, they think fried chicken. Because I'm going to tell you, chef, not just because you're sit- sitting here, I think it's the best fried chicken I've ever had. I don't know what you do to the coating to make it be so tasty but not overly heavy. Sometimes you get chicken that's just overly breaded.
2: Well, we, we, we um, you know, first we brine it. And we um, and we have a dredge, and we only use Southern flour. If you go online, you can see our, our the recipe, and you know it's a, we use white Lily flour.
1: And I mean, recipes are great for some people. I would rather just come here, but it's also nice to know that you can come in five times and have five different menu items without. I mean, again, I keep going back to the fried chicken sandwich, but um, I think next time I come in, I'm going to have a, a little bit of a difficult time. I'm really, really impressed with that Cuban sandwich. I keep sort of going it's back and looking to it. And you've got this um, ginormous burger sitting here as well. What sets your, what what difference your, your burger? Two, two all beef patties, <laughs> onion jam,
2: cheese. It's pretty good. It's really delicious. If you can't eat it now, you can take it home. It, it travels well. You can separate the tomato and lettuce from it, but it's really, really good. And, it, and good, good, good burgers come from the juicy burger, this, the the onion jam. I like the sweetness and um, cheese and uh, good American cheese, and then um, the brioche bun.
1: You had me at onion jam. Um, I mean, I think as long as we're sitting here, I think we got to just cut it up and uh, yeah, and taste it. it. Of course, we do. We'd be remiss if we didn't eat it right now.
2: You said it. There you have it. There, look there. We have it. So it's, okay holy moly my problem is I can't just taste it I eat the whole thing
1: so and I like it too because it's not one I'm not a big fan of one giant beef patty I like the fact that you have two smaller patties and layers of uh, lettuce tomato and I'm and, and I I'm, like
2: a burger it tastes like a burger not a taco <laughs> good huh
1: wow mmm Hello. Oh, yeah. Wow, you just get that hit of that, the sweetness of the jam, which is so unique. I'm going to, like, burst out of these clothes.
2: I'm going to run I'm, three miles.
1: I'm going to single-handedly undo everything that you lost.
2: In. <laughs> oh, my God. I remember when I, when I first lost all the way the first time. They put me, they were trying to put me in this show called A Healthy Comfort, Finding Comfort. And one of the first places they took me to was a donut plant in New York City. Oh my god. And I had to sit and taste about twelve donuts so all I could think of. Holy moly <laughs> Jesus Joseph donuts. I cannot eat all these. And on camera you have to be like, Oh, is this delicious? And like and I'm thinking like, Oh my god, if I eat any more donuts I'm gonna lose it. But they were delicious, but I I I've been cured of it.
1: Well, you look great, so I need to follow whatever it is that you're doing, but I want to go back to, um, to to talking about Disney because your uh, your experiences with Disney, one I think probably taught you a lot, um, not just about baking cakes, but about customer service, oh, yeah. exceeding expectations. What were sort of some of your takeaways from your time on the college program?
2: Well, it's all it's all about front stage, backstage. Um, we're all part of a cast, that Mister Disney said, and. Really creating that ultimate experience. Um, there's no better teachers in the world, no hospitality in the Walt Disney Company, and they do it better than anybody. Um, you know, they um, they the, the what was really tough through this whole COVID situation was it had a profound effect on all of us, and also profound effect on corporate America. Um, I think um, this the closing of the parks was so unprecedented and I think also scared the world. The the world probably could not even fathom the idea a day without Disney. And and I think that, you know, Disney has become such a part of the social fabric of America as well as other countries in our world. Um, When you think of Disney, you think of this wonderful company that's entertained us for all these years. And um, so it's been truly... It's truly wonderful, and this is what I, how I feel, to see, to reopen. I mean, yes, we're all still concerned and everything, but I also believe, too, that with all the things that they're doing, like I said, you know, the way they're handling the screening and all this stuff, all the systems they're putting in place will be replicated across the world. There's no other place in the world where they handle crowds that they do than these parks.
1: And while you were there... I know that you were you were very aware and and uh, of the lessons that you were being taught and the experiences that you got in terms of customer service, working together as a team. I see the way your team works together. It's all
2: about team, team spirit. Yeah, But between learning about customer service and the Seven Dwarfs name, uh, don't ask me. I'll have to think on that one. Um, but it, it truly is like. Um, it's the importance of putting on the show, and the show always goes on.
1: Well, and I think too, there's a as a leader, there's a difference between having the title of a leader and then demonstratively leading your team.
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, just the way Disney um, teaches you to address each other by your first name, um, and um, and they're they're not one to. Uh, Use titles as a way to show separation, segregation. You know, personally, what I what means to me the Walt Disney Company is that Walt Disney Company has always been in the, the forefront of equality, um, and uh, even when it wasn't popular, they were they're there. And in these times, um, I'm I'm very proud to be a part of a company, and as a gay American, even more proud.er And um, and so I'm really happy that I had this opportunity. And you know it's because it's it truly is amazing, uh, and I hope you know I'd like to do maybe another concept with the Walt Disney Company. Whether it's um, you know I still think that there's there's a need for for really um, I'd like to see something done with food from the Keys and that part. Um, you know, Latin Latin Florida, Hispanic Florida is just as much of Florida history than all the other different cultures and stuff. So I think there needs to be something that focuses on that. I mean, you know, the, the Spanish were the first, you know, here, and and so there's all that great food. And I, 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 think I would love to see. I know we we have Jose Andreas, but I would love to see a restaurant that's very reflective of of, of of you know Spanish Spanish American Florida, and um, and then um, and also to the Caribbean. I think there's a lot of great food from the Caribbean that has, has very much influenced Miami and other parts of, of South Florida and also into Central and North Florida where you find, you know, you find tremendous Caribbean food. Um, I, I want people to look at Florida and being a Florida as, as a great dining destination. You know, Florida has not always had a reputation for great food. So I think it's time that we do that. Yeah. And, we can, and we've got some amazing chefs now. There are a lot of great wonderful local restaurants that are not that are part of the whole restaurant community here in Orlando you know the Ravis Pig and all the different great people and you know they're doing tremendous and and they're doing a tremendous jobs and stuff like that
1: yeah I remember again driving from New Jersey to Florida my parents always liked stopping not at Bob's Big Boy but we like to stop at some just a local roadside and really get a flavor of Florida Um, and just sort of quickly going back to Disney you know you're you're Starting here in the very first Disney College Program was not necessarily um, by accident. You were—you've always been a Disney fan since a kid, right?
2: Oh yeah, I mean, I grew up with the Wonderful World of Disney, watching that, and you know, kind of trying really hard to get it through uh, Daniel. What was Davy Crockett or Daniel Boone? It <laughs> did. Uh, excuse me. But anyway, um, that that and um, and also um, going with. Um, uh, eating pizza. We had pizza and Coca-Cola the only night, only Sunday night. It was wonderful.
1: I'm happy Chef just stepped away for a couple minutes, because I'm inhaling the rest of my burger. I can't believe how good this Cuban sandwich is. I might have a new favorite at homecoming, and it might be the Cuban sandwich. I gotta go. <laughs> I'm I- I mean, if Chef asked me if I want dessert, it would be, I think it would be almost rude if I said no. Well,
2: we have time you on dessert. What dessert have you not had? You probably only had hummingbird cake. I've also had the pecan pie,
1: which... Do you have the moonshine cake? I don't think so.
2: You should try it. Yes, it's very good. It's based on a wonderful... I love a bun cake, and it's based on my grandmother's pound cake, and then it's, but it's soaked with moonshine, and it has a glaze. It's really good. We'll get one.
1: I mean, if you insist, far be it for me no, to okay. say that. We'll
2: we'll, we'll we'll do that, and that'll be a nice little sweet finish to our little lovely interview. But um, anyway, I mean, I, I do think that you know, it's uh, dessert is another big thing for me, and it goes right back to my history We're here at Disney and baking cakes. I love to bake. I still love to bake, and I think it's important. I said, if, and be honest with you, if it's not homemade, it's not worth eating,
1: and it, and you can taste the difference. And I know this sounds ridiculous, but you can taste the love and the care in food. I Look, I think that gathering around the table is the most wonderful, intimate, best way to get to know and spend time with people.
2: Well, that was the whole theme of Back to the Table is like the idea that we come around the table and we share. You know, we may not always agree with everything we talk about at the table, but at least we come together and talk. particularly now where so many families are kind of dysfunctional due to social media, where the kids are always on the phone, they're talking, or they're on our pads and everything. So it's really important that we need to try to spend as much time as possible at the table. You know, food is in good times, food is in sad times. Food is, is, it makes everything feel better and taste better. Oh, no, no angry people, just hungry people.
1: <laughs> I love, listen, Chef, I love your philosophy about so many things from family to service to you know gathering around the table and you like disney you know you you are the recipient you've earned so many incredible awards you you are you've worked for oprah cooked for dignitaries but you also are are so concerned about helping other people as well i don't just mean us as guests and your amazing staff and cast but the charitable work that you do too is, is remarkable. Well,
2: I, I one of my favorite. I love mentoring. I do a lot of that. I have kids in my life. I mentor. Um, I also we about fifteen years ago, um, Jesus and I, um, we wanted to buy an old historic building. It was an old church. And uh, yeah, married to Jesus and buy a church, right? <laughs> and um, he paints angels too. And so we bought this old church. And I told him, I said, "What are we going to do with it?" He said, "We're going to teach." children about each other and about culture and everything through food i said oh yeah okay and then said, i'm gonna teach art and i'm saying i am not emerald lagasse how are we gonna afford this so um i got a call from a banker i'm like thank you god you have answered my prayers (laughs) we can figure it out it it, it was a huge space thirty thousand square feet so anyway we um she we met and her name is linda novica keith and linda and I started talking, and I loved her, what, her interaction with me. And I said, hey, if you like it that much, why don't you run it? And so her other half was a lawyer, and he, um, he made it legal as a not-for-profit because we didn't want to charge. And we started teaching in a basement of another church, but the church we bought we couldn't use because of asbestos. And then it started the first class we did, 15 kids. Very successful. I remember we did it. We cried. It was working. And then we and then Maggie Daly, the late Maggie Daly, Mayor Daly's, Daly's wife, said, why don't you bring it downtown? Well, once we brought it downtown, it just blew up and expanded all over Chicago. And then when, when my neighbor became president, Barack Obama, uh, Barack and Michelle were introduced to me by Oprah. Um, we took Common Threads to Washington, D.C., as well as Open Art and Soul. Um, and it blew up there, and then we and now have since open in Brooklyn and New Orleans and Miami and all over different places. We're in nine states now. And teach it, I think, around a quarter to a half billion kids. Free cooking lesson.
1: And, and so, you know, what's the why? What is it for you that's so important about having these, you know, oftentimes underprivileged kids get those type of experiences?
2: I think when it comes to food, we're all, we all deserve good food. One of the greatest lessons that you can teach a child, which sometimes I'm thinking, boy, I'm failing. The greatest lesson is teaching them how to cook, and cooking teaches many lessons. teaches teaches math skills and and just other skills and just the act of sharing and um, and um, it's it, the act of working together and and cooking. I think it's 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 just it's really a very important thing.
1: It's gotta be feels so good. To, you know, it's one thing to. To craft a beautiful a meal that looks and tastes beautiful, and have somebody tell how much they enjoy it, but to see the impact that you have—not just short term, but long term—on some of these kids, and probably for some, you know, changing their their pathways um, has got to be incredibly well, rewarding.
2: I would like to think that the work that we've been, we've done in Chicago and other cities that were challenged, I'd like to feel that somehow or another, after our work, we somehow or another save lives. Kids that probably, if they hadn't had the training, could have you know, been victims. But um, I, do, I, I, I do believe a little food goes a long ways. And uh, so I'm very pleased at Common Threads. Um, you can go to www.commonthreads.org and learn a lot about us. Um, and it's done really well. Linda Novick is still with us. She's the CEO and been running it for 15 years. We're celebrating 15 years.
1: And what I love, too, is... You've worked so hard for and you've earned, you weren't given anything. You know, you worked for it and you earned. And when you were talking about, you know, baking cakes and as we're getting ready for for our cake for dessert, when you were shopping around your first book, a little bit of cake goes a long way. We sold it
2: with a cake. (laughs) Yeah,
1: we sold it with a cake. We really did, yeah. Tell the story about how, when you were going out to meet publishers, um, what you did that, that made... Your pitch a little bit special.
2: Well, i i, I, I use some of the the i use some of the of what I was taught, and that was you need a great story. So I wrote a great story. I was told when I was a kid I couldn't write, but I can write. Um, I just need a good editor to clean it up so I look intelligent. But my, my, as, as a creative writer, I, I do pretty well. And then I wrote a story. I worked with a, a, a photographer to create. Um, a, a storyboard just like Disney does with all their projects Imagineers and with the storyboard and a story and a big hummingbird cake I sold it I, I went to nine publishers and baked nine cakes
1: I, I love it and I love the again the, the passion and the drive and and the hustle um. do you, do the
2: moonshine cake or do the chocolate con? that's really good
1: And again, Chef, you know, Homecoming, I'm happy that the story of the naming convention worked differently because when you do come here, you feel like you're home. When you walk in, you're not just greeted by a friendly face, but you're greeted by pictures of you and your family, both in Magic Kingdom and growing up in Florida. And it brings your story and the story of this restaurant full circle.
2: It's very important. I mean, what's great about Homecoming and the whole metamorphosis of all of this is that there wouldn't have been a homecoming if Disney hadn't hired me.
1: Listen, everything happens for a reason. You know, um, every
2: <laughs> long time ago. I think it's 40-something years now. Lord Jesus. <laughs> it's okay. We're going to do the chocolate pecan tart. Delicious. And don't forget the vanilla ice cream. That makes it. Thank you.
1: <laughs> if you didn't love Chef Art Smith before, there's no way you can't love him now. Even 70 pounds skinnier. He's just such a wonderful loving caring incredibly passionate person chef I, I can't thank you enough not just for this place but today and our conversation this is something that has been a, a remarkable experience my family's going to be very very jealous i can assure you but again as as a a flag-waving homecoming fan I, 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 yeah, everybody listening thank you so thank much
2: you, my pleasure thank you so much very much
1: time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history, or see how well you pay attention to the details, sometimes what you see, hear, remember, maybe taste. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney Prize Package. Of course, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, I brought you back to Epcot Center and the opening of the Morocco Pavilion. And when it first opened, where the Tangerine Cafe, which is one of my favorite counter-service locations anywhere in the park, where the, the location where Tangerine Cafe currently sits was not occupied by the restaurant. Instead, I asked you to tell me what originally was found in that location when the Morocco Pavilion opened. First things first... Thank you so very much for entering, playing. Congratulations to all of you who got this one correct. And you knew, surprisingly, that it wasn't a gift shop. It was actually a tourism bureau. Remember, Morocco, unlike most of the other pavilions in World Showcase, was not sponsored by a corporation or a group of corporations. It was instead completely funded by the Kingdom of Morocco. So it made sense that they would have a center of tourism where guests could come in and get literature about planning a vacation and in this national tourist office they also had a multi-screen slideshow of the landscape and lifestyles and people and culture of Morocco and you could even book flights on the official airline of Morocco which was Royal Air Morocco and it makes you think back to the old If You Had Wings sponsored by Eastern Airlines in Tomorrowland and Magic Kingdom they too used to be able to allow you to book vacations to some of those exotic destinations that you might have seen on the attraction. However, I digress. Back to Morocco. Anyway, I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last week you were playing for all of my digital products, which is my 102 ways to save money for an at Walt Disney World book. ...and my seven virtual audio walking tours of Magic Kingdom. So imagine you and I walking through Magic Kingdom... ...land by land for about an hour... ...sometimes an hour and a half, close to two hours for some... ...and I take you through the history, details, secret stories... ...some of those overlooked hidden treasures all with the three-dimensional binaural sounds of the park behind us. I'm also going to send you a WW Radio vinyl sticker, a Magic Band cover, and a mystery prize from my collection. As I've mentioned, over the past few weeks, I've been taking a lot of my collection, both off my shelves, out of my closet, and out of my garage, listing 10 new items each week on eBay at www.radio.com slash ebay. Again, they all start at $1, no reserve. It's items from the Disney parks and collectibles from the 70s, as well as some Disney, some Star Wars, maybe a little Star Trek in there as well. Again, WWRadio.com auctions begin and end every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to pull one of those items out, add it to the mystery prize package, and last week's winner, randomly selected, is... Jacqueline Bernal so Jacqueline you use the online form I have your shipping address I will get your prize packet to out you right away if you played last week and didn't win that's okay because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge so this week instead of giving you an obscure piece of Disney history or trivia I'm instead going to give you an obscure line from a Walt Disney World attraction it may be current it may be extinct and all you need to do is tell me where in the world have you heard this phrase? You can't fly. If you had wings, I'd let you go. Sweetheart, sit down, will you? Don't make me come over there. I'll turn this helicopter right around, right now. One more time. Quote, you can't fly. If you had wings, I'd let you go. Sweetheart, sit down, will you? Don't make me come over there. I'll turn this helicopter right around, right now. That's it. All you need to do is tell me where in Walt Disney World you can or could hear that line. You have until Sunday, June 28th at 11.59 p.m. to go to www.radio.com. Click on this week's podcast. There you'll find the online form. Again, you're going to play for the books, the audio tours, the vinyl sticker, the Magic Band cover, and a mystery prize from my collection. And don't forget that if you enjoy playing trivia, please go over to my Instagram because every day I share daily dizzy trivia on my Instagram stories. It's a multiple choice, so it's easier way to play, test your knowledge, and maybe learn something fun along the way. Again, it's Instagram.com slash Lumangello. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I sincerely appreciate you listening, sharing, being part of the community. Again, if you want to be part of the conversation as well, please go to www.radio.com slash community. That will take you to our group over on Facebook. You can also connect with me on social. I am at Lou Mangiello on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And please make sure you like the WW Radio page at facebook.com slash WW Radio. I also want to give my sincere, huge gratitude to everybody who is part of our WWO Nation family. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate your love, support, friendship, and help that you give to the show. I also love being able to give back to you each and every month. I want to thank some new and longtime members who have joined the Nation family, including Melissa Tidoff, Jennifer Bryant, Cody Havard, Jim Hart, and Suzanne Marchetti. If you would like to find out how you can help the show, and it really does go a long way, but also get exclusive rewards every month, including scavenger hunts, trivia quests, we have a private Facebook group, custom Magic Band covers, logo gear, T-shirts, backpacks, care packages from Walt Disney World, and our exclusive live video group calls, early access and discounts to special events, and much more, you can visit www.radio.com slash support. Don't forget that it is obviously completely optional, very much appreciated, but it's not only a great way to help show your support for WW Radio, but don't forget that a portion of the proceeds of your contributions do go to our Dream Team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. Again, to find out more, to join for as little as a dollar a month, you can visit wwradiocom support. Of course, don't forget that this show is by, for, with, and really about you, so I'd love to hear from you again, not just by commenting and talking about this week's show or anything you would like to discuss in our community at www.radio.com community on Facebook but if you have a question you'd like me to answer on the show, you can email me lou at www.radio.com or call the voicemail, be heard on the air at 407-900-9391 it's 407-900-WW1 with a question, a comment, or just a hello when we finally can start getting back to the parks Obviously, our Meets of the Month in Walt Disney World have been put on hold until we can start getting back to some semblance of normalcy. Although, stay tuned for our next Virtual Meet of the Month coming soon. But always stay tuned to our events page at www.radio.com events for upcoming events in Walt Disney World on the road. And don't forget about our Marvel Day at Sea Cruise, which I think we're going to need more than ever, coming up this January out of Miami, five nights on the Disney Magic. If you go to ww.com slash marvelcruise, you can find out more and get a free no-obligation quote from our friends over at MEI and Mouse Fan Travel because they are, of course, my official, my recommended travel provider for not just this cruise but any of your vacation planning needs. It's who I've used. It's who I trust. It's why I recommend them to you. And as we start getting back to Walt Disney World and Disneyland, other Disney destinations, and anywhere that you're looking to start traveling, I think now it's really important to have not just the help and guidance, because there's a lot of things that are still confusing about how and when exactly to get back into the parks and resorts. For free, no obligation quote and help, you can visit them over at mousefantravel.com. Speaking of help, I would love to help you. Look, you give me, by virtue of you listening, you give me the gift of being able to share something that I love and I'm passionate about with you each and every week for so many years. I'd love to try and help you do the same thing, whether it's helping you turn what you love into what you do, or speaking to your event virtually or in person. If you visit Lumonjello.com, you can find a lot of the different ways we can work together, whether it is a one-on-one coaching call. I still have one spot left for my weekly six-person mastermind group. And stay tuned for more information about my Momentum weekend workshop coming up this October in Walt Disney World. Again, to find out more, Visit loumangelo.com. You can always reach out to me via email or direct message if you have any questions. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, and if you like the show, and I hope that you do, all I ask is that you please help spread the word. Let others know about it. How do you do that? Tweet out a link and that you're listening to this week or your favorite show. Share it on Facebook. And if you can, Take just a couple of seconds to rate and review the show over an Apple podcast. It is so incredibly helpful and important. I want to thank a few recent reviewers, including Ben Barlow, who says it's way more than it seems. I've been an avid listener to the podcast since I got my very first iPod over 10 years ago. That's awesome. The discovery has paid off in spades, especially now during the national and international quarantine, when the world can be a little gray and depressing. Very much a light in the dark, Lou Mangello has a gift for being both truly entertainment, entertaining and deeply informative, but behind that, he has a determination to share Disney magic in his own heart to make the world a more positive and joyful place with each and every episode. On top of this, it bears mentioning that the true friendship re- requires real effort and energy, and Lou is a true friend to so many people, it's nothing short of heroic. Man, you're going to make me cry. I, never, I don't read these in advance, so this is the first time I'm seeing this. I highly recommend this podcast for its lighthearted entertainment, for its informative intelligence, and for simple but noble mission, and for its enthusiastic and inspiring host. Special love to awesome rotating co-hosts and guests, especially Becky Menken, Tim Foster, Jim Corkus, and a less frequent but personal favorite, Big Fat Panda. Ben, thank you so much, brother. Lively K says, it's a happy place. The positivity and love that shoots out of each episode is a weekly dose of sunshine for any Disney fan. The content, reviews, top 10s, interviews, is just icing on the cake. Chuck Oak says, it's so much fun. Guys, stop what you're doing and listen to this podcast. Lou brings a fun and informative show every single week. If you love Disney, then look no fu- further. He talks about food, park history, current and fast attractions, food, resorts, food, movies, and of course, food. I love the food, too. Chuck says, Lou, if you read this, I read everything. Thank you for making such a fun show each week. I love all the little details you give. It makes it so much easier to get through the work days. I listen to your audio guides of the Magic Kingdom too. I've probably listened to them all about 100 times each. Wow, that's a lot of Lou. I enjoy hearing all the actual park sounds in the background as you describe every land. And these podcasts are so creative. Start listening, folks. You won't regret it. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this podcast. Call the WW Radio Show. Uh, Chuck, Lively K, and Ben Barlow, thank you. Thank everybody else so very much. Again, just search for WW Radio in Apple Podcasts, or if you go to ww.radio.com slash iTunes, we'll give you a link and show you exactly how to do it. Finally, most importantly, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I cannot tell you how much you mean to me. The fact that you're listening, the fact you're listening to the very end means more than you know. Uh, again, we've talked about how this world... You know, we're we're more physically distant, but I think in many ways it helped bring us together. And I hope that that's what this show does: is it it brings us together, it it makes your day happier and better, and maybe inspires you to even be a little better in your personal and professional life as well. And I think, you know, we we long for we we look for good news and bright light, and I hope that that is what this show is: is is a positive impact. On you, um, each and every day. Look, I say it all the time that I will always choose the good. Um, I will look for and find the good in everything that I do, and I hope that this show, this community that you have built, um, is a is an easy way for you to find the good um, each and every day. Um, I am here to help you in any way that I can, um, whether it's with the show, whether it's professionally, or just being a place that you know is safe and comfortable and friendly and happy in our community over on Facebook. So with that, I love you. I appreciate you. I, God, I can't wait to see you again in the parks soon. And if there's some way that I could help you, um, please just let me know. I hope this truly is your best week ever. So until next time, see ya. Hey, Lou, it's Jen from Milwaukee. And I
0: wanted to tell you the other day I was casually talking about your podcast in front of my six-year-old, and I said, yeah, so Lou Mangiello, he said, Lou Mangiello, he sounds delicious. So you probably heard it a bunch, but um, we love you. Thanks for all the fun, and can't wait to keep listening. Have a magical day. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, Lou, it's Christine Martin from Flower Town, Pennsylvania. I'm walking one of my doggies, and she's going to start barking, so I'll make this quick. Anyway, I just wanted to say hi to everybody. Um, I hope we're all starting to get back to a little bit of normal. Um, We're doing good up here in Pennsylvania, and I'm keeping track of all the exciting Disney news and all the scheduled openings, and I'm really excited for all that to get back to normal. I saw there's a new episode, so I'm going to try and listen to that on my walk And also, the live show starts in 10 minutes, so I'm going to check that out, too, Um, to be your top five live is tonight. Anyway, I'm really excited for my cruise. We have our countdown calendar. We're almost at 200 days. I'm hoping it all still happens. And of course, our cruise is like 14 days before your Marvel Day at Sea, and unfortunately, I would have booked that with all of you guys. But I had already booked the trip when you announced the cruise. So we will all hook up at some point on one of those cruises. Marvel Day at Sea would have been awesome since my son is a Marvel freak. Um, He would have loved it. Anyway, everyone, have a wonderful day. It's hump day here in Pennsylvania. It's been 70s and sunny. We are so spoiled. Take care. Make somebody smile. Bye. Good morning, Lumangello. It's Darlene Nagy,
3: formerly of West Seneca, New York, and I'm calling in with the countdown for Marvel is 216 days away, and the countdown for now Italy is 264 days away. Uh, So exciting for both of these events. I wish I could go on the Marvel cruise, but at this time, I just cannot do it. And maybe next one might be in my, you know, realms of taking a a little cruise. Um, And I want to wish all the fathers out there for uh, taking care of all the families and um, everybody, if they're doctors, first responders, and just dads in general. Happy Father's Day, and thank you for being there for all of your family and friends, even if they're not your own blood, it does make a very big difference. And it's amazing how Lou has kept us all together and to stay positive during this time. And thank you so much. Love you, brother. Have a great magical day.